Endometriosis is an inflammatory disorder of endometrial cell proliferation outside of the uterus, and it affects nearly 10% of reproductive age women. This causes pain and infertility. Despite its prevalence, the average time from symptom onset to a correct diagnosis is anywhere from 5 to 10 years. This disease can be difficult to recognize based on patients' nonspecific description of symptoms, especially at early stages. Definitive diagnosis of the condition presently requires laparoscopic examination, which is, of course, a surgical procedure. But laparoscopy is rarely undertaken early in the disease process because of the associated risk to the patient and the reluctance to undergo surgery without severe symptoms. So now there's a big push for reliable, non-invasive diagnostic testing for endometriosis, And two things have really popped up on the horizon and truly are data-driven. The first is the use of microRNAs in the serum to detect the condition. While still considered experimental, the data is moving quickly. And the second has to do with the use of MRI for the differentiation or diagnosis of this condition. So in this podcast, we're going to talk about endometriosis and its diagnosis by non-invasive means outside of the patient's history, chiefly microRNA, as well as the MRI technology. Although there does appear to be variation in the prevalence of endometriosis among various ethnic groups, the literature on the topic is insufficient to draw strong conclusions, as many studies on the topic have significant methodological limitations. Importantly, there's been little focus on the potential impact of ethnicity on the clinical presentation of endometriosis, which should be the focus of further research. In 2019, a systematic review and meta-analysis was published in BJOG on the influence of race and ethnicity on the prevalence of symptoms of endometriosis. It was found that compared with white women, black women were less likely to be diagnosed with endometriosis with an odds ratio of 0.49 whereas Asian women were more likely to have the diagnosis with an odds ratio of 1.63. And compared with white women, there was a statistically significant difference in the likelihood of endometriosis in Hispanic women, with Hispanic women having an odds ratio of 0.46. The diagnosis can be made clinically based on a constellation of patient symptoms, but unfortunately, they can be quite nonspecific. Traditionally, things like dysmenorrhea or dyspareunia or chronic pelvic pain give a suggestion of the condition, but the final diagnosis still remained tissue sampling or visual confirmation of pelvic or peritoneal endometriosis based at laparoscopy. But because this requires surgical intervention, there's been this move to find non-invasive, easy ways to help augment or help confirm the diagnosis. So let's focus on microRNAs because there's been recent data on serum use of microRNAs to help solidify the diagnosis of endometriosis. Before I get into the October 2020 publication from the American Journal of Obstetrics and Gynecology, the Gray Journal, I have to give an important disclosure. 
even though this study, which is called the Accurate Diagnosis of Endometriosis using serum microRNAs, even though the findings from these authors is really encouraging and pretty exciting, remember, this is not yet standard of care. We've got some way to go still. However, what the authors found regarding the use of just serum samples looking for specific microRNA biomarkers is really exciting because, well, it worked. So just wanted to say that quick disclosure that even though this publication from October 2020 is very encouraging for a non-invasive diagnosis of endometriosis, it's not yet ready for prime time. The objective of the study was to validate the use of microRNA panels as a non-invasive diagnostic method for detecting the condition. This was a prospective study evaluating subjects with a clinical indication for gin surgery in an academic medical center. Serum samples were collected prior to surgery from 100 subjects. Women were selected based on the presence of symptoms and laparoscopy was performed to determine the presence or absence of endo. The control group was characterized based on absence of visual disease at the time of surgery. Circulating microRNAs were then measured in serum by quantitative real-time PCR in a blinded fashion without knowledge of disease status. Well, what were the results? Well, there were six serum microRNAs of interest here. Subjects with endometriosis had significantly higher expression levels of four serum microRNAs, and two serum microRNAs show significantly lower levels in the endometriosis group. Analysis of the expression levels for each microRNA based on the ASRM classification of endo found that these microRNAs could distinguish stage 1 and 2 from control groups and stage 3 and 4 endo from control, but that the difference between stage 1 to 2 and stage 3 to 4 was actually not significant. In other words, regardless of the stage of endometriosis, microRNAs could find the condition over that in controls. This was the first report showing that microRNA biomarkers could reliably differentiate between endometriosis and other gynecological pathologies with an area under the curve greater than 0.9 across independent studies. All right, so while that information is really exciting and very encouraging because those results were pretty good, not every lab can run those tests. But what about MRI? That's easier to acquire, but does it work for the differentiation or the diagnosis of endo? Well, let's take a look at that data next. The role of MRI in the diagnosis and management of endometriosis is gaining recognition and becoming increasingly prevalent. Endometriosis, though, is a complex disease process with a heterogeneous phenotype that ranges from superficial implants to deeply infiltrative disease of various organs of the pelvis and beyond. The imaging features may be highly varied, from classic ovarian endometriomas to deeply infiltrating endo of the bowel, bladder, ureters, pelvic ligaments, abdominal wall, and even the pelvic nerves. The radiological appearance depends on the acuity or the chronicity of repeat hemorrhage and on the degree of fibrosis. 
All right, let's lay out something very clearly here at the beginning. Remember that MRI can't really be expected to find superficial lesions that do not have any associated fibrosis, but MRI can be helpful in the differentiation of ovarian endometriomas and can even help identify and delineate deep infiltrating endo and can actually play a role in surgical staging before the actual surgery is done. It can also help triage patients into who needs a gynecologist alone or who needs a gynecologist and a urologist or a gynecologist and a general surgeon. Deep infiltrating endometriosis or DIE or DIE is defined as invasion of endometrial glands and stroma greater than 5 millimeters beneath the peritoneal surface. The endometrial glands and stroma infiltrate into adjacent fibromuscular tissue and cause smooth muscle proliferation and fibrotic reaction resulting in a solid nodule formation. Dedicated ultrasound exam protocols for DIE have a reported sensitivity of about 78% and pelvic MRI has a reported sensitivity of 90% for the detection of DIE. On MRI, these lesions are typically low to intermediate signal intensity on T1-weighted sequences and they may or may not have punctate foci of high T1-weighted signal representing hemorrhagic foci surrounded by the fibrotic tissue. However, this form of endometriosis usually has less T1 weight hyperintensity because cyclical bleeding within the endometrial glands is minimized by the surrounding smooth muscle hypertrophy and the fibrosis. So as a result, deeply infiltrating endo may appear both T1 weighted and T2 weighted hypointense. Occasionally, small foci of T2-weighted hyperintensity representing the ectopic endometrial glands can be seen. Common locations for DIE include the urosacral ligaments, anterior rectal sigmoid colon, the bladder, the rectovaginal septum, round ligaments, and muscular wall of pelvic organs. It can also be found in scar tissue and has been reported in C-section scars within the uterine wall or the anterior abdominal wall. Urosacral ligaments are the most common location for deeply infiltrating endo. With disease involvement, the ligaments can become thickened and develop adhesions to surrounding structures. MRI is noted to have a 69% sensitivity, but a greater than 90% specificity for diagnosing uterosacral ligament deeply infiltrating endo and is better than endorectal and endovaginal ultrasound. Our understanding of endometriosis and its related MRI findings has come a long way. The Society of Abdominal Radiology has even released a diseased-focused panel for MRI, which is a specific protocol for endometriosis. So there's a catch. Even though there is a disease-specific MRI protocol for endometriosis, it's not widely utilized yet. In addition, the reader, the radiologist, has to be experienced in reading these type of images to accurately make the diagnosis. This was just published out of Switzerland on September the 22nd, 2020 in Academic Radiology. 
This was a prospective study analyzing the diagnostic performance of radiologists with varying levels of experience in their interpretation of MRI scans for endometriosis on 59 women. The team found that the ability of the radiologist to accurately diagnose these lesions was, no surprise, totally linked to their level of expertise. A junior resident had 0.49 sensitivity and 0.9 specificity. A senior resident had 0.7 sensitivity and 0.9 specificity. But a fellow had 0.8 sensitivity and 0.9 specificity. The expert, which was defined as having more than two years of experience, had 0.89 sensitivity and 0.96 specificity, giving the highest area under the curve of 0.9 for the accurate diagnosis of the condition. While there were no statistically significant difference between the performance from fellows and those deemed as experts, senior and junior residents did not perform as well. They misclassified 14 and 18 lesions respectfully. These results highlight the clear difference in diagnostic accuracy between radiologists at all levels, and they have both clinical and educational implications. Knowing that veteran radiologists are best equipped to interpret these exams may be able to improve patient care. All right, so what does all this mean? Well, we've covered two non-invasive, very promising tests for the non-invasive diagnosis of endometriosis, the use of serum microRNAs and MRI using specific endometriosis disease-specific protocols. But these may not be ready for prime time. We're still currently left with laparoscopy as a gold standard and, of course, the patient's history, but that can be very nonspecific. So be on the lookout for these hot two new topics for non-invasive diagnosis of endometriosis, serum microRNAs, and pelvic disease-specific endometriosis MRIs. Thanks for being part of our podcast family, and we'll see you next time on Clinical Pearls.